So I'm going to have you go with me to the book of Numbers, and tonight's message is the hidden sign. The hidden sign, Numbers 2. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as... Oh, I'm not getting any juice out of my... You guys got another battery there? Or another two little uh, batteries? Here, John, could you run this up there real quick? I can, I can operate it from here. So, the word of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard. Besides the emblems of his father's house, they shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. So, Numbers 2, and, and again, as I encouraged you last week to read it, you have here the listing of the tribes of Israel, really the 13, okay, tribes, Leviticus being uh, at, at the center. And um, what, what, you, what you have, again, is this, this listing of, of names. You have uh, literally this genealogy. And um, as I said to you, oh, you know what, I'm still not... So I don't know, something going on with, with this thing. So, um, again, I said that you would find Jesus in the, uh, you know, in the text. So I want to share with you, just have a seat. And um, Father, open up our hearts and minds to your word. We need spiritual insight, Lord God, uh, for your word, Lord God, as we are taught, is discerning. And we need a discerning spirit to discern your discerned word. And Father God, I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would give to each of us that, uh, eyes to see, ears to hear, and Lord, get a mind to perceive the wonder, Lord, and wonders that we will find, Lord God, in the word of God tonight. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So what I'd like to, what I'd like to do, I just want to share a few New Testament verses with you that tell us, really, that Jesus is in the Tanakh, throughout the Tanakh. So in Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 18, do not think, he said, that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the prophets. By the way, law and the prophets speaks, and, and this is one of the terms that was used in Jesus' day, for the entire Old Testament. Okay, that's our Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi. And then he says, I did not come to destroy but to fulfill, for surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by any means pass from the uh, law till all is fulfilled. So the, the, the concept, in fact, the word there, fulfilled, the word is plero, and it means complete. It, it really, it carries the, the meaning to be crammed full. <laughs> so the, they, they are going to be crammed full Okay, of fulfillment. So, the, uh, the yacht and uh, the tittle, essentially, that, that is a, a yacht, a yod is just equivalent of um, an accent mark, and then the, the tittle, a stroke, uh, is, is just this tiny little, see that little, little corner there? And the Lord is saying that, that it, again, he would fulfill Every little comma, every little stroke would be fulfilled. And uh, I don't know about you, but that, that fascinates me and, and interests me. 
another passage, John chapter 5.39, you search the scriptures, he said this to the Pharisees, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. And the word, the word there, testify, who knows what that word testify is? It's the word martyr, martyro. And, you know, when we see Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses, you shall be my martyrs. But the idea is one who testifies or one who bears witness. So here he is saying the, the word of God, the Tanakh, again, New Testament hasn't been written. Okay, so we want to learn about Jesus, we go to the Gospels, right? Jesus is, is, is right there. Go to the Epistles, go to the book of the Revelation. But he's talking here, again, about Tanakh. He's talking about our, our Old Testament. And he, he is saying here that they witness of me. The Old Testament testifies of Jesus throughout. You will find Jesus. From Genesis to Malachi. They all give witness of Jesus. Book by book. Chapter by chapter. I'll share this with you. You know, it's an interesting one. This is something. The Lord was teaching me this today. As I was kind of meditating on the message. And I was thinking, again, Jesus through the entire Tanakh. Genesis to Malachi. But sometimes you have a, you have a verse like, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You know, for to us, uh, uh, right, a, a child is born, to us a son is given. Right, his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So that's, that's just a clear, like right, one verse revelation of Jesus. And then you have a typology of Joseph being a, a type of Jesus. So from Genesis 37 to Genesis chapter 50, you have a, a picture, an ongoing picture of Jesus, again, as a typology. Noah's Ark, a typology. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, that he would be born in Bethlehem, in Ephrathah, right? Just again, some of them, typologies that could take on sometimes an entire book. An entire book that is a typology of Jesus. And then one single verse or word that describes him. So you, again, you have him revealed throughout Tanakh. In Luke chapter 24, 44 through 45, after the resurrection, when he met with the, uh, with the 11, uh, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, the, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, that is, again, the entire Tanakh. That is the entire Old Testament. And that's where we get the name Tanakh. The, uh, the Ta, Torah, the Na, the Nebium, and then the, the Ka, the, the Kethabim. Now, I'll show, you, I'll show you what this looks like. So our, our Bible is divided, we, we have divided and the church has divided the Old Testament, okay, a, a little different than the Jews, that the, you know, the rabbis did and how, again, Jesus recognized it. So the, uh, the law, Torah, is our first five books. So we call the first five books, right, the Torah. And then what you have, the prophets, the Nebhim, the former prophets, so we wouldn't, we wouldn't consider today Joshua, Judges, Samuel, or Kings, Right, the prophets, but they were in the Old Testament Tanakh. They were considered the prophets. So, by the way, 
but there's only one book of Samuel, one book of Kings, and one book of Chronicles. Okay, we separated it into two. And then the later prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then the twelve. Then you have, what are the, the writings? The, the Kethabim, and uh, you have the poetic books, right? So Psalms, Proverbs, Job, the five roles, the Megaloth, Song of, uh, Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, Ruth, Lamentations, Esther, and Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, and then the historical books, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Chronicles. Ezra, Nehemiah being one book. Again, we, you know, the, the, the church uh, separated them. So that is right there, that, that is Tanakh, Torah, Nebhim, and then Kethabim, and that's what we get. So I just want to, I want to throw, I want to throw a, a, a quick little, I want to throw you a little piece of manna right now. So if you have ever picked up a Roman Catholic Bible, you'll notice that there are um, 14 books, and you have them listed here, okay, and we call, we call them the apocryphal books. The Catholics believe that these books are part of the Tanakh, but you see, Jesus didn't recognize them, nor, nor are they ever quoted in the New Testament. Paul didn't recognize them, John didn't recognize them, Jude didn't recognize them, James didn't recognize them, Luke didn't recognize them. The, early, the, the rabbis in Jesus' day did not recognize them. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes did not recognize them. Okay? But they were added, and um, they were added by the Roman Catholic Church at, at sometime, I think it was about 1611, when, uh, when they added them. And so these books, okay, 1st Esdras, 2nd Esdras, Tobit, Judith, the rest of uh, Esther, Wisdom, Ecclesi- Ecclesiasticus, uh, Baruch, uh, Song of the Three Children, Story of Susanna, um, The Idol Bell and the Dragon, Prayer of uh, Manassas, 1st Maccabees, 2nd Maccabees. They're, they're books, I'll tell you, they're worth reading. They've got some historical value. They've also got some really weird things in them that don't quite, they're not in harmony with what we have, okay, in the rest of the Bible. Okay, so you have some, some things that are, that are kind of weird, but there's some, 1st and 2nd Maccabees gives us a, a pretty good picture of how Hanukkah was, you know, was developed, the, the persecution by Antiochus, Epiphanes, and um, what happened there. So there's, there, there are some value, the historical books, I have a, a couple of volumes of what are called the pseudopigrapha, uh, the pseudopigrapha books, which... Um, or also a lot of other books that were written during the times, okay, of the Old Testament and the New Testament, they have some historical value. You get, you get a little bit of idea of what was happening, but they are not in the canon. And, and we say, well, you know, who, who are you to say that? Well, Jesus said it. I didn't say it, right? He, he said it's Tanakh, okay? And these are not, and they were not included in Tanakh. Another, another verse I want to give to you is 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So, and there, there is a revelation. In fact, this is, the Red Sea is a type of baptism. The manna was a, a type of, uh, of communion, of the Lord's Supper. The rock, okay, is a type of, of Jesus. He is, he, he is the rock 
that the water flows from. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. The first time God said to Moses, strike the rock. He struck the rock and the water came out. Uh, later on in the journey, God said to him to call the water from the rock. He struck the rock. That's what kept him from getting into the promised land. Why, why if Jesus is the rock, that's right, he was struck once. And I'll tell you, there's, there's a lesson there. We don't crucify Jesus over and over again. He was crucified once and for all. Right? We receive his grace, we receive his forgiveness, and we come into relationship with him. Now, when we need the living water, we can just ask him. You can ask for those living waters, right? John chapter 4, I believe 14, that will well up inside of you for eternal life. Okay. So he's throughout, throughout Tanakh. Okay, he's throughout, he's throughout the prophets, right? He's throughout the Psalms. He's, he's, he's throughout the, the Old Testament. So we come to chapter 2 of Numbers, and what we have is the, uh, essentially, arrangement, okay, of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Leviticus being at, at, the Levites being at the center. So, the east, okay, you have... Um, the tribes that were, you know, were numbered from uh, the east, and I'll, I'll take you through what the, the passage says. Judah, okay, Issachar, and Zebulun. I'm not going to read through every name, okay? You have on the east side, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, okay? And so when they would move, they would break first. When there was a battle, they would break first. Then you have from the south, okay, we have on the south side Reuben, Simeon, Gad. And they would be the second to break camp. So you're sitting here now. I'll say this. Does anybody see Jesus in this? Did anybody find Jesus in this? Raise your hands. Okay. Faith. You found Jesus in it? Okay. I mean, Joanne, she came to me with the diagram. She found it. She dug deep. Okay, on the, on the west side, okay, you have uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. And then on the, the north side, okay, we have Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Okay, they shall break camp last. And in the middle... Okay, we have here the Levites, okay, and the tabernacle, the temple, tabernacle there. And uh, I'll read to you just what it, what it tells us about the Levites. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they broke camp, each one by his family, according to their father's house. The Levites, again, were not numbered. They're at the center. They have the responsibility. And we'll look at that next week because chapter 3 deals with all of their responsibilities. So again, there is, is what you have. And um, if you're you know, looking, the numbering of the 12 tribes, the order of the 12 tribes, the Levites being at the center, it's a, a chapter of order, of organization. So the question is, where's Jesus? Can you find Jesus? And these are, these are one of those obscure... Chapters that, I mean, most of the time we just skip over, okay? But can you find Jesus? So, we'll look at in a few weeks, 
when Balaam, remember Balak hires Balaam. Balaam's the hitman. <laughs> Put a curse on Israel. He went up on the mountain and he looked down. What did he see? I want to show you what he saw. This is what he saw. That is what they saw from the mountains. How many of you found that? Okay. Yeah, I've taught it before. Yeah, I've kind of skimmed over it. I didn't really go through the chapter in detail like I am tonight. There it is, uh, there it is again if you're taking it. All of the God's covenant people were in the cross. All of God's covenant people were in the cross. Where are you tonight? Right? Are you in there? So if you, have, if you have taken Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've put your faith in him, that he died on, your cro- on the cross for you and was raised from the dead, then you are in the cross. I'll show you a passage that, that teaches us that. In Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. We were crucified. What, what does that mean? I was crucified with Christ. It's, it's talking about a very deep identification. That we are deeply identified in the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Our identity in his death is that now his death has been, again, imparted to us. We have received his righteousness through his death and he has taken our sin upon him and removed it. We become deeply identified Again, in Jesus, in Jesus Christ, in his death. We have also, in our identification with Jesus and being crucified with him, we have left our old life. My, it's, it's no longer my agenda. It's, it's no longer, you know, my, you know, my, my plans. It, it, it's his plans. And then, you know, to be identified in his resurrection, be identified in his life. So, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I taught this a couple of months ago. The, the word should say, and they do this the, the, for grammatical reasons, the translators. There are certain, just to make it sound, okay, when I say sound in, in its um, grammatical English translation, they translate it, I live by faith in the Son of God. It should be, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. What do you believe, Frank? I believe what Jesus believed. Okay, it, it doesn't matter what the church says. Doesn't matter what the preacher says. Doesn't matter what the denomination says. Doesn't want, matter what the doctrinal you know, statement says. What did Jesus believe? You see churches today, and Dante and I were just talking about this, they don't believe in hell. It's interesting, they, 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 they'll believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. Or they don't believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? They don't believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. They believe that, well, no, there are, there are many ways. Jesus is one way. We go to church, and, you know, and they talk about Jesus, but he's one way. But Jesus said, I am the way, not a way, the way, the only way. 
And again, they, they, don't, they don't believe his death on the cross, okay, and his resurrection covers our sins and atones for our sins. They don't believe in the virgin birth. Or they don't believe that the Bible is the, is the inspired, inerrant word of God. And that, that, I'll tell you something. That's really, I think, most churches that are out there today. And, and it's not just the main line, you know, the Congregational and Episcopalian and Methodist and Presbyterian churches. It's infiltrated into the evangelical churches. So you have this progressive, you have this progressive theology, okay, that, well, you know what, we, well, we, don't, we, don't quite, you know, we don't quite agree with the virgin birth. We don't quite agree in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. We don't, we don't you know, agree that there's a, a literal hell. And, um, so, but to me... That doesn't matter. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your, your, your scholars in your denomination say. I don't care what the preacher's saying or the pastor's saying. What did Jesus believe? Right? I live by the faith. What did he believe about heaven? He believed in a little heaven. He believed in a little hell. He, he believed that he was the only way and is the only way to salvation. He believed he was God. He believed in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He believed that the Old Testament was the Word of God, the Scripture, the very inspired Word of God. So it, it doesn't matter what, what people, because right? as if people go, you know, well, you know, what, what does your church believe? What, you know, what is your, your doctrine? I believe what Jesus believes. And even when I don't understand, it doesn't matter. That's where I live by faith. I can't uh, try to wrap my mind around the incarnation that he was fully God and fully man. That's, that's kind of a tough one. Daniel Webster was in this intellectual uh, little group in Boston and somebody asked him and said, Daniel, can you explain to us the incarnation of Jesus, him being God and man? And he said, if I can explain it, then I would be God. <laughs> he was one of the smartest men right in American history. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I can wrap my mind. I take it by faith. Because I believe he's God. He is the image of the invisible God. And so the life I live, I live by faith. Right? The faith of Jesus. Okay? So it's only 7.50 and I covered my message. Would you like me to just give you, and I put this in the notes, how would you like another piece of manna? Can I give you another little piece, of, I'm going to throw out another piece of manna to you? And some of you, I, I've, I think some of you I've taught this before to you. So if you go to Genesis chapter 5, this is another one of those chapters, and uh, we get lost in it. The, the genealogy from Adam to Noah, right? I'll read a little bit of it to you. This is the, the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, and he created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son, in his own likeness, and after his image, and named him Seth. And after he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And then it goes on, and Seth, and Enosh, and Canaan, and Mahalalel, 
And uh, we, go, we go through that. Most, most of the time we get, we get hung up when, when we're new Christians. How could somebody live that long? Right, how could somebody? You know what? There was um, a time the earth hadn't become what it has become. And the genome was much stronger and better than, than it is now. You know, and there came a point where God said, man, you know, man's not going to be living those, you know, those long years anymore. So uh, I have no problem, by the way, believing that people live in... You're starting to get into antiquity and some archaeology. The, um, some of the different civilizations talked about people living for really long durations. And some of this has been found in some of the writings on the stones, on the rocks. So uh, that's something to, you know, there's, there, there's some... There's some depth that you can go into. When I was teaching on Genesis 5, we went into that. It was a while ago. So again, so you have this, you know, you have this genealogy. I'm using this as a go. Programmed, right? Through years of preaching. And um, so we have Adam, right? And he begat Seth. Seth begat Enosh. Enosh begat Canaan. And then Mahalalel. Uh, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. So you read that and say, where's Jesus in that? <laughs> right? Try to find Jesus in Genesis chapter 5. So uh, I want to get into the Hebrew words a little bit. And boy, you know what? I, I was, I've done this through the years, but I played around with it just using uh, some of the different Bible dictionaries that you can just Google. And, you know, again, coming up with the, the, same, the same meanings that I, I have when I was just simply using a, a, essentially a Hebrew uh, dictionary on my desk, you know, going through page by page. Um, so Adam means man, and you saw that. With, I, I just read that to you. Mankind, man. Adam's name is man. And then you have Seth means appointed. Enosh means mortal. So man appointed mortal, okay, the, the guy that created mortal, uh, the idea here is we're mortal, we suffer from mortality, we grow old, we decay, and we die. That's mortality. That wasn't what, what God had originally intended. He created us to be immortal. And the truth of the matter is the soul is immortal, but the body is mortal. So man appointed mortal sorrow. The ultimate sorrow is death. Right? We grieve, we, we weep, and, and most fear death. Right? It's something, uh, I've even seen the, the boldest people, I'm not afraid to die, and when it comes time to die, there is, there is a fear. And um, I've seen very strong believers who um, I, I didn't see that in. closer you are to Jesus, I think, the, uh, obviously, the less uh, you will have of, of fear. And then, um, Mahalalel, the blessed God, Halel. Halel means blessed. El, right? Elohim. El Shaddai, El is God. So Mahalalel, the, the, the blessed God, I don't know, when I, when I tell you about the, the movie A.D., that beautiful scene when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, there they are in the upper room, and Mary's sharing about when Jesus was a little boy, and the apostles are all there. And then when the Spirit came, they all began to yell out, Hallel! Hallel, the blessing, the blessing, right? The blessing that he put, Hallel, and this beautiful scene. They're yelling, Hallel, 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 and they're dancing around with joy. And then they, they, they leave the upper room, and guess who's, guess who's outside waiting for them? If you've ever seen the scene, it'll make you cry. There were all the nations. 
They're all the people, right? All the different nationalities, all the different colors, and all the different garb, right? Everybody from all the different... And they're all standing there, and they put out their hands, and the apostles walk to them slowly, and they join hands. And it's just, again, is that the way it happened? I wasn't there. All I know is that is the, the meaning of Pentecost, because now it has gone from the Jews to all the world. But they're yelling, they're yelling again. They're yelling, Hallel. So, Mahalalel is the blessed God. Jared shall come down. The blessed God shall come down. He's going to invade the world. You know, we call, we call that incarnation. Right? In the beginning, right, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the word, right, John 1.14, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. He came down. Connect with us. Reveal himself in a way that we can understand in a much deeper way than we could through the Old Testament. And then the, the next is teaching. Enoch. Enoch was a teacher. Enoch walked with God. And then what happened? Then he was no more. God took him away, right? And he, he, was, he was a teacher of righteousness... And um, so he came, again, teaching. So, man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down, teaching Methuselah, his death shall bring. Methuselah, Methuselah's death was very significant. It was when Methuselah died, that is when the flood came. So imagine, every, you know, they knew this, and it was like, we're just watching him, because when he die, all hell's going to break loose. But his death shall bring, and then watch, Lamech, the despairing. The despairing, those who have been separated from God. I mean, this life, right, is not what God intended it to be. And there is despair, right? There is pain, there's suffering, there's sorrow. I mean, look, there's wars, there's, there's fear, there's death. Noah, rest or comfort. It's the gospel in a nutshell. And I'll, I'll, add, I'll add on, again, the necessary grammar to you know, make this smooth. Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus says, you know, not one jot, not one tittle, and the entire word of God speaks about me. I'll tell you something. I haven't done it. But Numbers chapter 2. I guarantee you start digging into the Hebrew words and their meanings. You're going to find, you're going to find a lot of revelation there. There's going to be some, some deep revelation there. That uh, again I think will we'll point and, uh, to Jesus. So here's, a, here's where I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up. When Joanne sent me um, an email this morning. You dug. You dug into the word. We say, we, we are a church of diggers. And I hope you're digging. Because when you, when you dig, it, 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 it really becomes an adventure. And as you, as you get better, you know what happens? As you mature in the Lord, your shovel gets sharper. And actually, you even graduate from a shovel, you may even get a bucket loader <laughs> when, you, when you're, really, you know, you're, you're, you're really learning the word. But look at, look at what the Lord said in Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49. 
But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you what he is like. I love this about Jesus. He would say, let me show you what he is like. Let me show you what it is like. Let me show you what the kingdom is like. And then he paints, he paints a picture. So he paints a picture here. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. But he, he, he dug deep. And that is, I think, essentially, you need to dig deep into the word. And the digger you deep, the, 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 the greater the revelations you're going to, um, you're going to receive. So that's my challenge to you tonight, that um, become a digger, you know? It, it, it's so easy today. Because, you know, if, if you go back 20 years ago, you would have to have, and this is, this is, you know, when I would prepare sermons, I would start off always with a meditation uh, on a passage, and I would um, always ask myself, what is God saying here? What is he saying to me? And what must I do to conform my life to this passage? I use that every morning in my meditations. And then I, I, would, I would just meditate on the passage. I'd read it in a couple of different, um, different translations, then I begin to go through, if it was the Hebrew or the Greek, I go through the Hebrew or Greek words. And I, I do not read Hebrew and Greek fluently, so I'm using a, um, you know, a lexicon. I'm using um, an interlinear. And, um, and then I would start to you know, pick out the, you know, the, key, the key points and um, start to put my sermon, you know, my message together. Now, you can just go on Bible Hub. And you could you can get twenty like I used to I used to have multiple different translations in front. I had one Bible that had four translations, but I would have multiple Bibles in front of me, right? I, I would have all these different books and a concordance, and I'd be comparing words. Now you can go on Blue Letter Bible, and you could you, I mean it's just at, you know how quickly things are with the you know the computer, how quickly you can get information, and you can be using that and just you know have fun digging into a passage. I mean, read, read the Bible through, right? Meditate on the Bible, right? You want to memorize parts of the Bible, but then just take a passage, and you may work on that passage. You may work on it for a month. You may work on it for a week, right? And you dig into it, and you're going to be amazed at, at it becomes how, how alive the Word of God comes and how you, those things stay with you and you remember them. They really, you know, they, they go into the mind, and then they filter down, into the heart, and the soul, and the spirit. So that's my, that's my encouragement to you to dig. Be like Mary, right? Who sat at the Lord's feet and took in a word. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God. Lord, even this last couple of weeks, digging into numbers, you, you blow my mind. And... Um, Lord, you've done that consistently in my life for the last 40 years, and I know, Lord God, that's something that, that I will be experiencing, that we have the opportunity to experience in this life and the one to come. You're an awesome God, infinite, Lord, with no boundaries, eternal. And, Lord God, here we are with limitations. So, Lord God, there's always more for you to reveal to us, always more for you to teach us, always more, Lord God, that will blow our mind. And, Lord God, that is an exciting adventure of life. So, Father God, ask a blessing upon all. Lord, make us diggers. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.